In new disturbing allegations at Activision Blizzard's headquarters, they have recently found a new rape dungeon equipped with all sorts of various dildos and chains. In other fake news, this is Nuclear Grenade Podcast. Grenade Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Land. With me is Havoc, aka Hey Ho. It's Are you me. doing Hey Ho? I'm doing well. How's it going, my dear old friend? I'm doing all right. <clears throat> doing all right. Not too hot today, which is nice. Uh, so let's just jump right into it as per usual. Uh, talk about the games we've been playing. Uh, what have you been playing? All right, uh, well, so I've been playing a lot of Seven Days to Die still, uh, doing that Let's Play series with my brother John. And I've also started a new series. Uh, it's called Seven Days to Die, Clearing Points of Interest. And that's where I go from uh, point of interest to point of interest. Like, each one is its own episode. Um, if you haven't played Seven Days to Die, like, each house is kind of like a dungeon. And a lot of them have, like, underground bunkers and underground caves. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, so some are houses, some are buildings, and some of them are pretty intense and pretty crazy. And the goal of it is to be entertaining uh, mm -hmm. as well as informative to kind of show you how to work your way through those as well. I know um, some of the newer Seven Days to Die players can have uh, some trouble not dying a whole lot. Mm -hmm. So hopefully if you watch uh, this series, it will kind of give you an idea of how you can work your way through these dungeons and not die uh, by yourself. Are um, there newer Seven Days to Die players? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Old ass game. Yeah, it came out like 2000. <laughs> it came out 2013, if I'm not mistaken. It came so out it's like been eight nineteen eighty nine, dude. <laughs> it's still an alpha, so it's still it's got like a long a way to go. Text game, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy for how old it is. It's still like one of my favorite games. You know, it's my like Final Fantasy VII by the time it comes out. Yeah, well, the original. Well, it's like um, my YouTube channel is mostly known for my arc videos, but I don't think most people would know that. Like Seven Days to Die is how I actually got started in that type of game. And like for a long time, I th I thought Seven Days to Die was the superior game to Ark, and I don't think that anymore. I do think Ark is the superior game, but. Seven Days to Die is really good still, and you can get burnt out of Ark, you know? And when you, that Absolutely. happens... Yeah, I know you know. And then when that happens, it's fun to have, like, another game like that that you can go to that to that's, like, similar but different. And that's why I like Seven Days to Die so much. Similar but different. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and so this, you just go to these different locations, and you're gonna be like, this is where you can grab this gun, and... No, well, everything's random. It, the, okay. the only things that aren't random are is like the, the uh, different POIs. They have a structure. And it's not like the inside of them changes at all. So, but there's a ton of different POIs. You know, so there's a ton of different houses and a ton of different buildings. And they're all different. And so it kind of shows you the layout, you know, so kind of where things can be hidden. You know, if there's an upstairs or a downstairs or, you know, where the hidden door is <laughs> to proceed through it. So, um, so the, I don't know, that's just kind of one of the, the points of the series is to kind of a walkthrough, but also to kind of be entertaining. I, I'm doing it like a highly polished production. Yeah, as are well. you juggling and shit? <laughs> <laughs> it's me! entertaining wow. playing while juggling? <laughs> Dude, I have never watched a Mr. Beast video before, and yesterday it stumbled across my YouTube feed, and I was like, okay, let's see what the big deal is. And dude, I was so grossed out. Like, he is so fake, man. Like, I know yeah. there's a thing with, like, showmanship and stuff. But, you know, it just must be little kids or something that can't really discern gen genuine uh, characteristics from fake characteristics. You know? Yeah. Because people aren't seen, like that. I've never seen his channel, but all I know is it's like, doesn't he just give people money and shit? Is yeah. this like whole channel giving people shit on the street? Yeah, it's like he he uh, comes up with these challenges, and it's like here's ten thousand dollars. Now watch these videos, and every time you laugh, I'm gonna take five hundred dollars out from that ten thousand dollars, and at the end, you can keep however much money you want. But like everybody involved always seems like really like 
plasticky and fake. Like it's almost like not a real production or something. Mm. I didn't get it. I just watched one episode. I'm like, mm, this is not for me. <laughs> is it like reality TV where it's like, yeah, it's like reality, it's reality TV. TV, but it's all scripted. The people are basically actors essentially. That's what it seems like. Now, I don't think all of them are like that, but the one that I saw was like that. Like someone, it, it was that challenge. It was yeah. here's ten thousand dollars every time you laugh. But like the guy didn't seem to care. He's like, oh, like he would laugh and they would go five hundred bucks. It's like really, you could just not have laughed. I'd like to like imagine like that. Mr. Beast is like he goes to like a, a retirement home and he's like, oh, now you have to watch this video, old lady, and I'll give you all this insulin. But every time you laugh, I'm going to take away one vial of insulin. <laughs> and if it's all gone, you die. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mr. Ra- Beast, nicest guy in town. That's where it's going, dude. You got to yeah. raise the stakes. Otherwise, people to, get like, bored. He goes to like some like African village. And he has like no! some, little, some little African kid with his gut distended from starvation. And he lays down no! like five. He lays down like five sandwiches. And he's like. Every time you drool from hunger, <laughs> oh I'm going to take God. away one sandwich. That is awful. <laughs> Mr. Beast. <laughs> <laughs> the nicest guy in town. <laughs> oh, my God. He's got a body count like, higher than the Clintons. <laughs> well, you could argue that like they'd be better off. Uh, they wouldn't not. They wouldn't be better off without him. So, like, really, he's doing them a favor, but so, it's like a sick game. Yeah. The whole time he's eating like delicious cookies in front of the kid. <laughs> Bag of licorice. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna whip you with this, uh, with this whip, this cat of nine tails, and every time you cry out in pain, oh my god, <laughs> I'm gonna kill one of your family members. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like his Mr. whole job Beast is to. A- in this time, he's extreme. <laughs> More hardcore than ever. The stakes have been risen again. Again. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you want me... Uh, there's two free Epic games this week. You want me to get into the first one, or would you like your turn? There. Games you've been playing. It's good. Yeah, just get in the first one. Okay, yeah. So there's two out on Epic Games this week. Uh, the first one is called Mother Gunship. It's a uh, first-person shooter, uh, single-player, and online co-op game. It's uh, it's kind of like a mixture between Borderlands and Doom. Like, mm. the graphic style and kind of uh, how everything looks is very Borderlands-like, but it's um, kind of got the arena style of Doom. And mm. the, the first-person shooter movement is really smooth, really nice, really fast and crisp. And what the goal is, is um, you work your way through a ship, and each room is, uh, for the most part, randomly generated. And your goal is to work your way through, uh, and each room is like an arena, and you have to destroy everything in there, and um, you work your way through the ship. And then after you clear that ship, you go on to the next ship, which also has these compartmentalized random rooms. Now, over time... there are Yes, there are bosses, and they're actually pretty crazy. Uh, there's a lot of dodging, uh, like rockets and stuff like that. So it's a first-person shooter that keeps you on your toes. Mm-hmm. And it's also got some RPG elements, like um, there's a random room in each ship where you can go in there and craft new weapons. And the crafting system is pretty ridiculous. Like, you can really craft some pretty crazy weapons, uh, mm-hmm. like ridiculous weapons. And... Um, the reception of it has been very good. It's very positive on Steam. It came out July 17th, 2018, so it's not a new game. So it's been around a while. What's it called again? It's called Mother Gunship. Mother Gunship. Yeah, developer is Grip Digital and Terrible Posture Games. <laughs> and the, the publisher is Grip Digital, uh, uses the Unreal 4 engine. Uh, you can get on PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Um... It's nice. So, so does it, it has like you're saying like the modern Doom kind of speed or the old Quake type of uh, quickness where you're running around goofy ass weapons and shit. Yes, exactly. Is it, is it like a co-op, like like a Left 4 Dead type thing where you have you can have multiple people fighting that's waves of enemies or what? Um. Well, I haven't. I didn't get to play it co-op, so I can't really confirm it. Um. 
but I was able to play a little bit of the single player. Um, if you want, you and I could maybe hop on there later and check it out co-op. It does seem like it'd be fun getting more into it. I didn't get that far into it, uh, but I did watch reviews and I saw looked at what other people thought of it. So that way I had my impressions and I can kind of compare it to other people's impressions. That's how I usually do it with these because I don't like every game that I have to play and have to review for Epic Games. So I have to kind of weigh it against everybody else's. And that's one of the reasons why I like going to the Steam reviews. And sometimes I'll even go to the Google user reviews. Uh, so that way it's not just my opinion that I'm espousing here. Um, so, but as far as co-op goes, uh, it wasn't always there. Uh, for a while, it was only first-person shooter or uh, single player. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 So the co-op is a newer Old thing. co-op experience. Yeah, it looks like a uh, two-player. Yeah, some of these guns look pretty fucking stupid as fuck, dude. You know, in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently so I'm gonna have eight eight fucking chain, like firing chain guns. So I'm gonna have twenty barrels <laughs> on my fucking gun. Yeah, yeah, they get it's ridiculous. Sweet. But I guess at some point, like it kind of becomes like you can't use everything that you can put on there. So mm -hmm. it, like at some point, it kind of becomes redundant, and like some pieces get so large that they'll actually like cover up part of your screen. So it's yeah. actually you got to put on the part of your gun so it doesn't like block your vision as much. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, it's it's definitely something worth checking out. I mean, it's free, and if you're into first-person shooters, um, you know, it's not every day that there's a new game where you can flex your FPS skills, you know? So um, if you don't get free on Epic this week, it's $25 typically to buy it. So Ooh. yeah, it's a $25 value. Um, it, it got, it won the Grand Prix White Knights Award, the best art White Knights Award in 2018. Uh, yeah, but what are, like, I, I have no idea what any of the shit even like, I know. means, these awards. I know, I know. But, like, I don't see awards on every game, so it's not like every game gets them. Mm -hmm. No, o official selection indie mega booth, PAX East well, Showcase 2018 Award. I just made up my own news that you know what we we just have the nuclear grenade awards um, <laughs> that we're gonna be giving out. <laughs> Dude, you fucker! That's what spit out my energy drink all over my monitor. So we're gonna give uh, we're gonna give Mother Gunship the award for most pointless awards listed on their Steam page. You can go ahead and add that one, Mother Gunship. Oh, man. Uh, these awards are very prestigious. We're not going to give them out at random whenever we think it's a funny joke to do. Um, <laughs> this is very serious and prestigious awards. More so than the White Knight Awards because White Knights, gay. Black Knights, badass. White Knights, simps. Yeah. Nuclear grenade, badass yeah. motherfuckers. White Knights, little dick bitch. Black Knights, Obviously, huge dicks, really good at basketball. Let's keep it real. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's the nuclear grenade promise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And that's a nuclear grenade guarantee. <laughs> oh, we man. just start start selling like tape that like makes your boat like not sink <laughs> this is the strongest tape you can put it on a boat and not sink that shit's That's real dude that shit's real guarantee all right well Money. i got one more game to go over but uh why don't you go next okay uh so i played two games but kind of one game this week uh i played i went back i was playing crusader kings 3 I uh, was loving it, um, but put quite a few hours into it, and I'm kind of hitting the part where I think I'm reaching, like I'm hitting the chest on the like with my shovel. Um, so very good game. The base game of Crusader Kings Three is uh, much much better than Crusader Kings Two base game was. However, I went back and I started playing Crusader Kings Two as well because. There's just so much more to it. Like I have so many DLCs added on that a lot more pop-ups and events happen. Whereas in CK3, so far, it's like they haven't added a ton of, you know, uh, not everything's fleshed out yet. It's really, really fleshed out for a base game of this type, a Paradox game. 
Um, but it's missing, I don't know, some of the depth and the pop-ups that really fill in the years while you're letting time tick by and, uh, you know, ruling um, your empire. And I guess I could basically break down what the games are, too. Is uh, It's a grand strategy game, and essentially, <clears throat> instead of like EU4 or Stellaris or these other things where you play as the empire, you play as a family, or at first just a person. Um, and you can start as like a lowly count um, with <clears throat> like one landed title or like a mayor. You can get down you know, like, to really small little guys. And it, the game spans, uh, CK3 spans 860 something, the age of Vikings, all the way to like uh, 1345, 1435. Uh, like maybe it's 1435. In CK2, you actually have an even earlier start date of like 7. Uh, 60 uh, time of Charlemagne and so you span the 700 years <clears throat> plus and you uh, you know you live out your family's legacy and there's traits you can get there's in uh, uh, genetic traits so you can start your own like genetic farm where you marry like a woman that's a genius and you're beautiful or maybe you're just pretty and you can like uh, mate with these people and get better grandkids and you want like your heir and so you have like your the uh the laws of your realm that you know maybe like, you don't have protogenitor for you know hundreds and hundreds of years so you your titles can get split amongst other kids but you can just kill one of your kids or try to send them out to war so they die and try to uh consolidate your power by getting better titles like a king title you can murder uh other dukes you can cuck king's wives so that their children are your children uh <clears throat> you can do you know you can form a fucking witch coven you can reform religions uh you know they're just you go on crusades uh it's just so much to the game and crazy shit you can do you know you can torture prisoners until they become insane puppets that'll do your bidding uh um, good lord yeah you can like get giants like you can get the pox you can get you know retarded kids you can inbred a family over 700 years to the point that they're all tiny giant faced weirdo looking midget like people that are literally like uh retards in the game no you and can't they, yes you can no you and can't you dude oh yeah <laughs> that's a, you could take your own granddaughters as concubines i mean it's fucking wild the shit what? you can do yeah um, and that's just CK3. And CK2's got m the vast majority of that, plus a whole shit ton more, because, you know, you can just form a whole religion worshipping Satan, and um, you get, like, working for the Dark Master, you can start getting deformed and all this fucked up shit, but you also gain powers in ways, and you can form your own, like, Illuminati-type faction, or join Secret Orders, and gain bonuses that way uh trade in a republic instead of like a feudal system um it's just like an insane game uh, i was listening to another podcast someone kind of described it as like a one player like and it's not even one player but like a one player D, &D session you know where uh but it's not you know you don't have hardly any magical stuff it's just a very little bit um but it's just a lot of fun and i was gonna some so yeah, some events are very rare. Uh, so like, if you like that type of role playing, like it's very cool, uh, and you can do just like you can do some crazy shit. I was gonna ask you, like, would you relate it to maybe a very complex, in-depth board game? Maybe is is that a good way to maybe look at it? Yeah, yeah, I suppose you could. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, I mean, kind of the world right now stretches from. Uh, all of Europe, all of North Africa, and then all of like, all the way to from the east, from Russia to India to the southeast, but it stops right kind of where China and Japan and all those places start. Um, and it doesn't go any more southeast uh, than say like Burma. Um, but there's just tons of uh, uh, realms you can play all throughout these hundreds and hundreds of years. And again, you can just play you don't have to play as a king. You can play as a count, like a small guy, and slowly 
you know, fuck your way. Like if I get a strong hook on my king, like say he has a daughter, right? And he has a cool bloodline. Cause like, if you do awesome shit, you can get cool bloodlines that give you traits that pass down as well. And I want that bloodline for myself. I can try to marry his daughter to my son, but then he's like, no, 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 you're, you're just a little count. I'm not going to do that. Well, I can get like a hook on him, right? I can do him a favor or gain a favor on him or just fabricate a hook and then use that hook to force him to marry uh, his daughter to my son. And then now when I die, I'll, you know, probably take over as my son or depending on how old I'm, maybe my own grandson is the heir. And then now I'll have that bloodline on him and then whatever else I've tried to breed in. Cause like, and then you get these overall legacies in CK3, which like as you gain family renown over the years, um, you get these special perks that carry out throughout your whole family. And like one of the trees, for instance, is uh, the bloodline tree. And you can, it slowly increases your chance of passing on heritable, like positive heritable traits and decrease your chance of passing on negative heritable traits. But it also does different things as well um, as you get down the tree. And then you, and that's like your overall legacy tree. But then you have your character tree and those like you can be like more and then so you have like the five traits, right? You have martial, intrigue, administration, stewardship um, and learning. And each one of those has three skill trees amongst them. Those are kind of you gain those by uh, clicking on or choosing which path you want to follow at that time. And you can make some really crazy builds. And that's cool about the skill trees is it's not just like you gain 5% levy increase to your military. Like a lot of them are uh, you gain the ability to usurp a king's title. Or if you go far enough in the intrigue tree, you gain the ability to kidnap people, which is insanely powerful. Because if I do a plot to kidnap someone and then the plot is right about to finish, I'll just say it's a king, right? I'm going to kidnap a king. I can just declare war on that king right before the kidnapping plot finishes. We go to war, I kidnap him, and now I can just end the war immediately because I capture their fucking ruler and enforce my demands on them. So there's just all sorts of crazy cool tricks and um, stuff you can do. And, and it's a tough-as-balls game, too, because everyone's trying to kill you, all the other counts and dukes, and even your own children are plotting for you to get your titles and lands. Um, yeah, man, it's just wild game. Absolutely fun. Cult classic. Uh, and the new one's great, but it, it's also the new one's not there yet. It's like when civilization six came out, I was like, nah, I'm, like I'll pl- I played like a hundred hours. I'm like, nah, I'm done with this. I'm going back to five. And then the first expansion came out. I played a bit and I was like, nah, I'm going back to five again. And then by the time the second, third came out, it's like, okay, well, now I just play Civ Six, And you have that with Paradox games, too, where... And again, I can't stress enough how good the, the base game is compared to the other ones. Like, But, you know, it's just not as flushed out. So I'm having fun with this, but now I want to go back and play some of the... All the expansions, all the little cool stuff they've added in the old one. And I'll say, like, some of the quality of life changes are also a huge deal. Um, because in CK2... I'm having to relearn how to look at land and territory because there's no button that just is like, here's all your land and shows it very marked out. And it's like, this is clearly you in your dynasty, especially if you're a vassal. Like I'm just a vassal to a vassal. So I have to kind of look at his territory and then just know which uh, counties in his realm are mine. Um, They do glow when I click on my uh, portrait, but in CK3, it's very, it's just a lot clearer. Um, and some of the filters on the maps are uh, uh, better and give you more information um, at a click. And they also have this nice kind of uh, Russian doll type of setting where if I scroll over, like in CK3, if I scroll over a dupe, right, it'll kind of show me some stuff about him. And then I can scroll over some of those things and it'll bring up another uh, pop up of like information that I want. So information is very quick there. Whereas in CK2, you kind of need to know a little bit more about the um, uh, where to find certain information. Um, you kind of got to flip between filters and screens more often to get the same amount um, of info that you need. So 
So there, that has been kind of a problem going back. And also, in CK3, I can move the map with WASDA and then click on shit, you know. And then I have my spacebar to stop time. Perfect. That's exactly how a game should be. CK2, I can't do that with WASDA. I have to use the arrow keys, but I'm not doing that. So I have to click and drag with the mm. middle mouse button. And it's just a little slower, a little more annoying, and I can't rebind keys. Um, and I'm sure there's mods that allow me to do it. However, I want the Iron Man mode so I can unlock achievements and stuff. And so I'm playing the toughest way. And, you know, that just turns off the Iron Man uh, uh, playthrough, or at least the achievements part of it. So it's it's a little rough going back a bit, but it, it's worth it overall because of the um, sheer amount of different paths and stuff that pop up and interesting uh intrigue abilities that you can do yeah some of the reviews on steam 10 out of 10 would inbreed again (laughs) (laughs) those are the top ones um another one is incest murder prison medieval ptsd what more do you need so it's it definitely seems like a mature game like oh, yeah. even when you go to their website, they have one of those things where you have to fill in your age, or they let you into their website for the game. Even so, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, and, and even if it wasn't for those things, like which it definitely is, uh, but it, it's like you you have to be a very uh, smart child to pick this game up. I mean, it's a game for grown adults and living out, especially history nerds. If you're a history nerd. You're going to fucking love this game because (laughs) these families, the vast majority of the families, even to the count level, are real people from history documented in dynasty trees. And you have their houses and they tell you about some of them. Even the minor ones, you'll get little blurbs on them. And this is in India, in uh, Mongol invaders. There's Mongol bloodlines, people that left over from the Mongol invaders, uh, uh, Huns, like different members of that family, d- families that died out that have historical um, uh, precedence. So it's just uh, some of the like overarching things that you can do is like form this kingdom or whatever, or as like some of the achievements are as this character create a new organized faith and spread it through all of Africa, which is she's this female character you can play. And she's a real woman throughout history. Like, uh, And so there's just and then you can kind of role play alternative history. So um, it's got a lot for a very niche type of nerd. Um, but it is a type of spreadsheet game. I think the spreadsheet's very well laid out and the story pop-ups are very fun and, and engaging. Uh, but it's not these aren't insane graphics. The power comes from the number crunching from all these different systems interacting. What we w- So what would you say are some of the big negatives? Or can you think of any negatives off the top of your head with it? Uh, well, again, with the new one, it's just there's like less... Uh, just not like a full amount of stuff like to fully flush it out. Like it's still really fun for quite a few hours. Um, like dozens and dozens of hours uh, especially if you're exploring different stuff and um, finding different things out um, but there's it's just when you play the old one like I think a new player would like have an absolute blast and wouldn't notice this but like if you play the old one you're just like oh man in a couple expansions it's going to be so much better so you just kind of <laughs> know that um, it, it's not uh, the most accessible game even with the new um, tutorial which is much much better than the old one it's yeah i mean it's not the most successful game if you're not i don't know it if you don't have uh like a base level of intelligence or above it's probably gonna be too hard for you if you don't have the uh interest in learning game mechanics like you're the type of guy who maybe you're smart but you like to get it in there just start shooting people in the head um are you talking about me yeah uh probably not your type of game (laughs) Well, I said smart, so maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, man. But if you love like role playing, you love history, you love uh, like full blown RPG over dynastic, like seven hundred years, and you love the idea that you can play for sixty years and get killed by your kid, and then your titles get spread amongst three players, and you got to reclaim them as one of the brothers of the kid or whoever. Like you're gonna love it. Um, yeah, it, it's it's be- definitely bad ass. 
That seems like an absolutely crazy game. Like, I've never played a uh, Crusader Kings game. And, uh, yeah, the barrier to entry is actually... It's a $50 game on Steam. And... Mm -hmm. It is it is uh, free on... Or not free, but it's a part of Game Pass. Oh, it is? Uh, wow. Yes. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, because it's fifty dollars on Steam, and that's seventy-five dollars for the Royal Edition. And if you want the expansion pass, it's thirty-five bucks. So yeah, and I think the expansion pass, like, I'll, I oh, I do already actually have it, but um, it's not worth it yet because they've only come out with one flavor pack, which increased the Vikings. Like it, it made the Vikings a lot more fun to play. Um, so now the Vikings are kind of the most. Uh, have the most to do right now um, in the game, but like they haven't done any of the rest. The next expansion um, is going to be, or the first expansion is going to be the Royal Court, and that looks like a lot of fun. So I'd say if you're on the fence, maybe wait for that to come out and then get it, uh, scoop it up um, with those, maybe at the 10% discount or whatever when it comes out. Or just go right now, if you pay the 10 bucks a month for Game Pass, which is a great deal, uh, just go fucking play it, man. It's absolute hoot. Nice. It is tough to learn though, and that that's the, one of the main downsides. It's it's got a big uh, learning wall, but the community is cool too. So if you go on Reddit or Discord, um, really cool community. You can learn a lot of really awesome tricks. A lot of YouTube videos too that teach some really cool tricks and some of the best leaders to play or role play as. Um, yeah, and you can create too. They just added this. This wasn't in the base game. Uh, but they added it as free uh, pass uh, patch. But you can create your own ruler, so you can click where you want to start, at what level, and then just create your own ruler. Um, and you have a certain amount of points you can spend, so you can actually like I've been making rulers that just have the genius trait, which is the most powerful, like one of the most powerful traits in the game. Um, and so it takes up almost all the points that you can spend on the character. But you know, having being able to start out with that trait is pretty pretty powerful so could you play like a file indefinitely or is there like an actual you have won the game like it you the game ends at like 1435 so it's a timeline um, thing it is okay but what's interesting is and they don't have this yet for crusader kings 3 but like in the old crusader kings 2 you could play crusader kings 2 from 760 to uh 1435 and then import your save from Crusader Kings 2 into uh, EU4, Universa Universalis uh, 4, and then play from there to, like, the 1800s, and then from 1800s play Victoria 2 with the same save and all the changes that have happened through the previous two games. Oh. Play that, and then that goes up no. to World War II, <laughs> and then import your game and play all of World War II from these. Holy new, shit. You can be totally different world. <laughs> totally different. Yeah. That's insane. So they're come, they've already said uh, they're coming out with the new Victoria 3. So I have to imagine the EU4 will be following. Um, and then I think. Uh, so I imagine they're going to add, add the same stuff once the new versions of all the games come out. So yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. So if you were to start a Crusader Kings three file and you were actually pretty good with the game, you know, you've got several hundred hours playing Crusader uh, Crusader Kings three. How long would you say a file would take you to complete? Well, it depends because you can start at different dates. So like, uh, like you can start at ten sixty six would take a lot less, but you can also die. Like, even if you're a great player, it's very easy. To get killed, like I was playing the other day, and then like, uh, it's doing good, everything's going well. Then death was like knocked on my door. Like I let this uh, um, priest in to stay at my castle for a few days, and he knocks at my door at night. And he's like, "Oh, can I help you?" He's like, "Yes, I'm death, and I've came to claim my right." And then I was like, "How about we play chess to win?" And then I lost the chess game, and he killed me. What? Uh, yeah, so death came as an assassin, but assassins can come on their own. Um, you can get po like literally, like you can just get fucking smallpox and die. Uh, so it's it can be a long game if you it, if say if you don't die and you have a bunch of heirs, so like you're set up to always have an heir to go to if you die. Um, you know, it can it would be you can last easily hundreds of hours. Like there's also the game speed, so. You know, like times of war, you're gonna play slower. 
on the slower game speed and you can always pause but then if not much is going on you kind of want to get to your next air or whatever you can just let the game speed go really fast but yeah one game playthrough can easily take hundreds and hundreds of hours wow that's very wow well, that's very cool i might have to start playing that then because yeah it's fun. oh man okay i'm a fan of paradox what a great dev they are yeah uh i I do have my bone to pick with all the DLCs uh, and their pricing on it, but their games, I mean, wait until, once, especially once they get flushed out. Wait until you so hear about the second Epic Games, because with the DLC on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's just pretty much it. It's just comparing the two. Um, they both... Oh, you can also play uh, CK2 for free on um, Steam as well. So that's just a free game now um the base level and like i said comparing the two the the original has just got the more content um but three is more accessible quality of life improvements are so good and it's much more you know filled out than the base ck2 game was so it's still a complete game excellent well i think that's probably the longest segment we've ever done on a game on the nuclear grenade podcast it's a it's a thick boy game. Yeah. Well, I still have like a bunch of questions, but then we're getting into the. Well, let's just talk. Well, let's talk about. It. We don't have too much news and shit. Uh. Well, one of my questions was like, so there's a lot of uh, relationships and breeding and stuff like that that goes on. So they must have what thousands of avatars that they use. Like you were talking about having like uh, breeding and creating like a deformed, retarded militia. <laughs> So yeah. they have all these avatars for like these deformed people. No, well, no, well, well, no. Like in CK two, I think it was mostly avatars, if I'm remembering correctly. In CK three, it has like a 3D engine now, so you create your character and you can even do nose depth and eye color, oh. control really detailed, and then that is tied to, to I guess the genetic traits in the game behind the scenes, and then and you know it's crazy too is. If your character gets, if you breed with someone, they have like, a, a, what's that called when you have that? Cleft. Like the kings you said, cleft lip. A lot of kings you said. Then um, your kid can get that, and then that can be. That's just part of your like bloodline. Can pop up, um, and, it, and it literally on the photo, like or the fo- like the, the avatar, your character, it'll show that, show that. Okay. You know, and then like you can butt heads, guys with the big butt chins. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, like you can get bleeder traits, which is common um, in the actual uh, royalty up today. Still, is uh, hemophilia because they are all fucking each other. Hemophilia is where you bleed out really easy. Yeah, yeah, your blood does not clot. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So how? So is it turn based or it's all like real time? Real time. And you can you yeah, can, you can with sp- the speed it up or slow it down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. And how does combat? Everyone's doing it. How does combat work? Okay. So combat is you have levies, which are based upon how many um, counties and castles and stuff you have. So like if I let's say I'm in a feudal level, so that's a feudal uh, government type, and then I can build holdings on and say I have one county, and my county is a big county, so it has five slots, um, and I fill those slots, and I can fill them with either a castle. A city or a bishop, uh, a, a church, basically. Uh, if I do the church, then that gives pretty good gold and pretty good uh, uh, levies, which are your troops. Uh, however, if I have a bad relationship with them, they might just send all that tax money to the pope and say "fuck me." <laughs> um, but if I build a city, then I have low level, low levy, and <clears throat> if I have a castle, I have high levy, low tax. And so, the more <clears throat> holdings you have the more troops you can summon. And then it becomes basically a doom stack. And you can lead your uh, armies, and it, you have your own fighting prowess, and you have uh, your vassals and people in your court that are can be leaders of your armies, and they have their own stats and their own dynasties and bloodlines. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so it's the more land you hold and the better developed that land is, the better troops and more troops you can have. And then it's, yeah, just doom stacks, uh, sieging places, and then painting the map with your color. 
but it's more about like intrigue like the war is simplified and you can take it over but it's all about maintaining that power and then not having your own people riot against you and your people forming factions against you and uh you know holy wars it's crazy uh interplay between um all the systems so my next question is um how many different types of perk trees are there and like how in depth and crazy are they So your basic, like, so in CK3, your basic uh, individual, like, uh, the lifestyle is what they're called. There's five of those, and they each have three trees amongst them. Uh, but if you fill that whole thing out, it's 27 points. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be insane to even get all of them on one character before he died. Like, you'd have to be, like, a genius and have all these things interplay perfectly. Um, but you can get quite a few uh, each lifetime, you know, as long as your character lives a, a, a decently uh, length of life. Uh, and one of them, the learning tree, increases your learning, but also it has a few points for being healthy, so you get kind of health boosts, which will help improve your resistance to disease and how long you can live. And h- how do you unlock those? Uh, you just gain them over time, so oh. it's based on your learning skill. Okay. <clears throat> and then and then also pop-ups and events will happen that you can do to gain extra experience in those things. And then there's the legacy uh, tree, which is about five or no, it's like six or seven if you're playing a non-Viking, and then it's like nine if you're playing a Viking. Each one of those have five. Um, however, those are take a long, long time to get, and they're done throughout your whole dynasty. Mm. Um, so, and that's based on your renown. So, the more of your relatives that become counts and dukes and kings, all contribute to the pool of renown of your family's name. Um, and so that the so over time that'll increase how much you can gain, and then those perks are very powerful. Uh, but like I said, they're hard to get. Well, so if you had to rate it on a scale of 10, 10 being the best, what would you give Mm it? I'd say right now CK3 is an 8. But I think with the way the first flavor pack went and from what I've seen of what this first expansion pack will do, um, I'd say easily in three or four expansion packs, it could be a 10. CK2 is already probably one of my 10 games. Like, I, it's one of my back pocket games, like Civilization, where would I give Civ a 10 on every technical level? No. However, for me, like, as a game that will, like, I'm always going to go back to, and it's always going to be like this heroin addiction that I got to do once a few times a year, uh, 10 out of 10. Just top, top, top tier uh, game for a person like me and the type of games I like to play. Like, it has everything. It's like one of the best management uh kingdom 4x games ever um and this one's looking like it's carrying on the mantle very very well very cool all right so the the game you were also playing (laughs) jesus christ i feel weird going after that man (laughs) yeah so uh (laughs) the other free epic game of the week (laughs) <laughs> is uh, Train Sim World 2. And <laughs> you've played sim games uh, before, like Farming Simulator. Well, this one's a bit more approachable. You know, it's not like you have to uh, read some kind of crazy manual to figure out how to play it. Um, so it's got it's got depth to it, but it's not so crazy that it's unplayable unless you... Can you... Can you lock your conductor in a cage and torture him until he becomes your sex slave? No. Zero out of ten game. (laughs) (laughs) No incest? Wow. Uh, You can't make trains fuck and pump out fucked up gross trains that have tank treads. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um... It's gotten really good reviews, though. It's a solid uh, sim game. It's a casual simulation, single-player game. If you're familiar with sims, uh, simulator games... What's up? People that love these games fucking love these games. They do. I'm not one of them, but I do understand it. I... I, I get it. Yeah. Like, I, I played Fishing for Barrent Sea a few months ago, and I, this one, I was like, this I get, so... Mm-hmm. 
if you are really into trains, like you would definitely love this. Kind of like how uh, if you're autistic, yeah, or like how <laughs> pilots might love the game Pilot Simulator. You know, it kind of strikes that chord yeah. where it's like you can kind of live out your fantasy. But even if you're not like huge into trains, like you could probably still find a lot of enjoyment from this game. It, it runs yeah. pretty smooth. You know. Um, when you go into new rendered areas, sometimes it can get a little bit choppy, but the graphics are really good. Um, you know, they really tried to make it as realistic as possible as far as how it looks and how the trains uh, are, are laid out and stuff like that. Um, it's Dovetail Games. Uh, they're the, the developer and publisher on that. Um, it's available on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. came out July 2018. Uh, so that's free on Epic. If uh, yeah, no, 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 no. The base game is free on Epic. You want to hear the total of the game with all DLCs? Like I thought, mm. Crusader Kings Two was bad. yeah. That's what I was saying when you were talking about the DLC for Crusader Kings. I was like, wait until you hear about this game, dude. <laughs> yeah, like it, it, you only need like eight expansions on that one to make it like to have the full game. The rest are like flavor packs or uh, troop packs. But this game. Looking at it all, and this is no sale, so not on sale. Every single deal is nine, $972.62 if you want to own the complete Train <laughs> Sim World 2 experience. Yep, and that's that's 39 DLCs averaging around $25 a pop. Some yeah. as high as 30 I believe, and some as low as about 20 So around $25. Over a K if you pay tax. If you have sales tax, you're paying... Like almost eleven hundred, probably. Yeah, and well, what the idea is is that you know uh, you don't buy all of them. You buy the the yeah. route that you're interested you in. That you... Yeah. So, but it's, it's overwhelming. You know, like for a gamer like me, when I see DLC like that, like I'm a very completionist oriented type of gamer. So, like if I were to get yeah. Train Sim World and I saw that there was DLC, I was like, I'd be like, okay. Let's look at them. I want to get all of them. And then you see that there's 39 of them, $25 a piece. It's like, I don't know where to begin looking through these, you know? They're they're just overpriced, though. Like, for what? And, but I wonder if they're the way they're doing their pricing isn't necessarily just regular video game pricing. But if it's like, did you ever meet those guys when you were a kid who were train guys? Like, before video games were a thing. There were these guys, they were train guys. And they would have... Like, I knew a guy who was a, uh, one of my friends uh, uh, from school who was, like, a neighbor across the street. And his dad, in the basement, he wasn't, like, a car guy, like, working out in his garage, fixing up a fucking GTO. He was a train guy, and he had this giant table filled with this whole little scene of, like, little trees and <laughs> rivers. And he had these multiple little train stations and all these trains that he would just sit there. As a grown man, like, this was like, like adult men shit. Yeah, he just sit there drinking whiskey, playing with his fucking train, imagining being a conductor, and like painting his little models. Um, That's kind of sad. It's so sad. It's one of the most sad things I can imagine. Um, it's kind of like your sixty-year-old wow nerd that. He's never had a girlfriend before. Yeah, that's it. But these guys were always married. Like that's what's weird too. Well, they they had disposable <laughs> income, and that's what allowed them to kind of pursue that type of hobby. I don't think that's the cheapest hobby to have to set up this no. huge model mountain where the train goes through a, a, the cave under the mountain, and then you know. <laughs> and those trains were because they would, like if you were serious about it, you you want to get the ones that we got as kids that were shitty ones. Like they were like nice metal pieces. You'd have smoke and... coming out of the. Yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> so i wonder like just if this is i know it scratches that itch um but i wonder if like their pricing is like to compete with more of that side of thing yeah well what's weird and i don't know if you have this but like in my mind i feel like everybody has a little piece of the magic that or you can at least imagine the magic of trains like let's say you were yeah. little and you got like a, a train set for christmas you know, now you mm. kind of associate that train set with Christmas and trains yeah. and Christmas go together for some reason really well. And it kind of creates this mystical um, idea of trains and, yeah. you know, so that well, might I, be I agree. Like, I, like I, I don't know. I'm in half. I'm half an artist, but I used to like I used to go write poetry by the train track and then 
sometimes their train would come and I'd always wave at them. And to this day, I still kind of wave at trains. Like, I don't know <laughs> where I pick that up. Like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> like, every, like, they, like, from their perspective, like, this kid, all every time, he's like, out here waving at us. Dude, you don't <laughs> wave. Weird. You gotta do the, you gotta go like that. And then they'll, ah, ah, like semi truck yeah, drivers do. do. Um, yeah. But also, okay, so uh, as far as the DLC goes and like the different chapters of the base game, uh, each route takes about 20 minutes to an hour long to complete. So you're not going to be spending five full real world days going from point A mm -hmm. to point B in the game. Um, obviously, I haven't bought any of the DLC, but if it's going to be 20 bucks for a 20 minute route, you know, I, I don't know if that's really a good value. <laughs> I'm I'm sure they go on sale for cheap, but yeah, I mean, some of these, yeah, some of these have like six reviews, and you're like, well, if you have six reviews, that probably means you sold like what a hundred? Not many. So why are you? Why is the why is the pricing range here? You know what I mean? Like, if you're selling that few, maybe you would adjust the price on that so you could actually move copies. It's not like you're producing this digital work anymore. It already exists. You know, maybe it has something to do with the amount of effort that they have to put into, like, replicating the routes, you know, trying to mm -hmm. make it accurate. You know, so they've got artists uh, sitting there looking at real-world images and trying to replicate it in-game. Well, well, of course, that's... I mean, I know, I know that's the case, but you got to price some of these to move. Maybe they don't have to, because I guess looking at it, it's only came out in August of last year. So this is a brand new game, and it already has a thousand dollars content. Um, yeah, that's ridiculous. It's it's just really fucking ridiculous. I mean, like, because I totally get like getting high and then just sitting back yeah. and watching the countryside digitally. Drink a cup of coffee. You know. Yeah, but I mean. To me, though, I need some management. I need some like, current. Like, I gotta like, I make money from the tr train routes. Yeah, some kind of leveling system. Any like, yeah, or any kind of management control. Yeah, that's what I was but, thinking too. Like, it, for me, just simply going from point A to point B isn't enough. You know, and you, you gotta like decouple, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the the, the cars. Uh, but you also have to like turn on the engine and stuff and change the speed and so I mean there there is some interactivity. You do have traffic I guess too. Yeah, so there's some interactivity to it, you know, but still there's no like once you get to the end It's not like oh you made it successfully. Here's five thousand dollars to spend on mm -hmm. improving some kind of mechanic but Yeah, so I don't I don't think there's anything like that at least What did you think of the physics did it kind of feel like meaty like a train like when you're pulling into a station or... yeah yeah it, it it feels good it, it it's very they did a good job on it it's realistic you know and you can actually go into the train stations and walk around so they, they replicated those too and you can walk through your train and see people sitting there and stuff so mm -hmm. that's awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> every gamer's dream yeah, dude. <laughs> oh man, I gotta sit in the train and then um, walk through the train uncouple. station. <laughs> Whoa! You don't even get to take tickets. I would at least want to be like ticket, please. <laughs> dude, watch that's the next like expansion. It's like this is a fifty dollar expansion. More realism than ever. Actually, get the excitement and thrill of taking tickets from your passenger. Forty nine ninety nine. Like there's a oh, you don't have a ticket. Well, ma'am, I'm having to have to ask you to get off the next stop. Please, sir, I couldn't afford a ticket. <laughs> All right, ma'am. Well, maybe if you give me a Hummer in the bathroom. Yeah. All right, sir, I surely will, I will. Yeah, I'm a hardcore Train Sim 2 player. Yeah. I turn away people <laughs> all the time that don't have tickets. Yeah, maybe you get a rough up hobos that aren't supposed to be on your train with like a bat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Toss them up the side. <laughs> oh man, yeah. that's sick, dude. That's the real train simulator. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so the the base game is thirty dollars. So you can get that for free on Epic this week. So, but I'm not sure how the DLC mm. would work um, through Epic. I know it's kind of weird the difference between Steam and Epic when it comes to DLC sometimes. Um, but I think it should all be on there. But 
Yeah. So, there's that one. You got Mother Gunship, and you've got Train Sim World 2 this week. Woo-hoo. Yeah. I don't know. I do kind of like, though, that the uh, two games that couldn't scratch two different itches more. Mm-hmm. You know? Got this crazy wild shooter, and then I sit on a train and contemplate spending $1,000 <laughs> on more of the exact same experience. <laughs> Oh shit, man! Cracking me up, dude. <laughs> this is this is an awesome game, dude. I <laughs> recommend so- everyone. And, you know what? And that's a that's a nuclear grenade stamp, <laughs> guarantee, dude. Yeah, stamp of approval. We have to. In fact, they get they get the very rare and coveted uh, nuclear grenade award for the best value on DLCs. <laughs> <laughs> Of 2021. Oh. Uh. <laughs> we give them an award for the thing yeah. that they actually yes. are doing the worst. That should be the nuclear no, grenade. Best. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what it is? The nuclear grenade is like a golden top hat that we award. <laughs> That's the trophy. And they get to wear that golden top hat <laughs> for the best, the best pricing on DLCs. All right. Well, so we're okay. we're about an hour in almost. Uh, you got some news for us to go through? Yeah. Okay. I thought this was gonna be a short day because the news is so shitty, um, but luckily we just talked an hour about CK2. <laughs> yeah, Crusader Kings. That really yeah. pulled us through this yeah. episode for real. It's worth it. Thanks, Crusader Kings. <laughs> you know what? You're 11 out of 10 now. <laughs> uh, so this one is just it's like a non-news story, but it is just weird to me uh two point hospital i think we talked about it a little bit in the past really yes. cool throwback to theme hospital um they now have sonic the hedgehog items in their game as a crossover so i guess you can make some of your doctors and stuff wear sonic costumes which is i don't know <laughs> i guess the that's publisher is saga so i guess oh yeah they have no problem doing that yeah, I guess they're doing the 30, 30th anniversary, but it's still just a weird mashup. It's free. It's not going to change the gameplay, but I thought that was kind of funny. I do like when totally different things meet. Uh, oh, uh, one actually fairly interesting news story is that EA will be uh, remaking um, Dead Space. Mm-hmm. So I heard about that. A lot of people have wanted this. Um, people love the first game. They like the second game a lot and then i guess the general feeling was that uh, third game was not that good it was a little i kind of didn't really find out or know about the game until a little after my time yeah, but it does kind of look like one of the few horror type games that i would actually enjoy um and because i do kind of like sci-fi horror and that's the remake of the original right the original yeah, yeah. And the original came out in 2008 october 20th 2008 so yeah that's that's aging yeah, and, and in the uh, just the just the very brief little trailer that showed it looks very pretty, and so hopefully it's good. I, I the remakes lately um, have been pretty good, uh, so it seems like they're actually pouring a little more time and effort into those. And I think with EA like in a good spot to repair its image because all the other game companies are crazy rapists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we can just add the tiniest amount of effort. We'll just give the players a little bit of what they want. And then we'll be known as the good publisher because all the other publishers are <laughs> shitty in comparison. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Hey, yeah, we got, uh, uh, Weird West it gave like a first look. Um, that game looks pretty cool. It's X Dishonored um, and Prey Devs uh, from Arcane, and it's like this isometric Western horror type game with, uh, but almost like ARPG uh, look to it a bit. Uh, you got multiple characters in it that all kind of can play differently, and. I don't know, like, I'm a huge fan of Deadlands role-playing game. It's probably my favorite of all role-playing games. Um, uh, just for its, uh, you know, world building. Because I love the I love the old westerns. Like, uh, it's one of my favorite time periods. Just this wild, chaotic west. And horror mixed with it. Uh, like, vampires and werewolves in the west. And all these, like, headless horsemen and shit. So, 
anything that's kind of set in that style, uh, I'm just all about. Uh, so like so the estimated release date on that is fall of this fall. year. So October yeah. probably. October is a big month this year for game releases. And, yeah, and if you're doing like a slightly horror game, no brainer. Yeah, it, it looks fucking badass, dude. From what I'm seeing. Yeah, the art, the art looks awesome. The gameplay looks sick. Yeah, and I can see the RPG elements. I can kind of see the simulation elements. Um, so yeah, it looks like a game that I'll definitely want to play. That that looks really cool. Yeah, yeah, looks dope. Um, uh, little minor news. You might be a little bit interested in this, though. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about Icarus, uh, but it is a uh, one of your type of games. It's a survival game, but it's sci-fi. Um, oh. But it looks like very, very low-level sci-fi, because this guy's hunting wolves in the mountain terrain. Oh, kind of like Horizon um, Zero Dawn a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, but it's a survival game, and it's the guy who made uh, DayZ. Um, oh. So, so it's going to be like one of those big survival games. It was supposed to come out August 11th. It's gotten pushed back to November. Um, good. Uh, always pushing back games. Always leaving them in the oven. It's going to be better um, for us as the players. Yes, I'm a huge proponent of right. that. You know, when when right. devs get so much shit for like putting a game back, it's like give them a break, man. Yeah. what's the name of CD Projekt Red's uh, CEO? I don't know, but uh, he was talking about uh, Cyberpunk uh, before it came out, like a month before it came out, and dude, he looks so stressed out. Like, I've, <laughs> I have never seen someone more stressed out in my life, dude. And really? he had a reason to be stressing, but man, the pressure, the absolute shit fucking up. pressure, man. So g give him time, let it, let it come out, and let it be good, you know? But yeah, Icarus looks yeah. awesome, dude. Let me just read the summary of this real quick. Unless you want to read the summary, I know. No, hit it up. Alright, so Icarus is a session-based PvE survival game for up to eight co-op players or solo. Explore a savage alien wilderness in the aftermath of terraforming, uh, terraforming gone wrong. So that's an interesting premise. That is cool premise. Survive long enough to mine exotic matter, then return to orbit to craft more advanced tech. What the fuck? Meet your deadline or be left behind forever. Dude. Yeah. Looks pretty cool. Um, but and I, they, and it's funny because they just this week were releasing, like, people, I guess, played the beta or something this week. So, um, or very recently. So I was watching some of the gameplay and uh, it looks good. Um, it looks very pretty, especially for a survival game. Like, it looks like one of the better looking survival games I've seen. Um, just as pure, like, graphics. Uh, but yeah, that got pushed back. It, what, the one thing I will criticize, I hate when they're like, this game's supposed to come out in two weeks. Why are you delaying it now? You knew it wasn't going to be ready. How bad are these people at project management that they don't know? three months before that it's going to take longer than three months and then they need six months two weeks before it's like people are going to respond better if you're like hey look uh, the release dates in three months or six months but we're actually going to push it to a year um we need this to blah 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 because I, I can definitely understand being frustrated if, especially if you're younger like i don't get excited about games as much anymore but when i was a kid like putting off something for a month was like no mm -hmm. You know, because a day lasts so long to a kid. Yeah. So like, but when it's like supposed to be out in two weeks, and then it gets delayed, I could definitely see people being like, "What the fuck, man?" <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it's not mm -hmm. like people afraid of losing their jobs, or you know, it's gotta be. Yeah, like a programmer who's like, "Okay, I'm, I'll, I'll have it ready," and like they can't get yeah. figured out, and the time comes, yeah. and then he finally has to admit, or she finally has to admit to the, mm -hmm. the, the lead, "Hey, I don't have this done." You know. Yeah, but like I know marketing, like you wouldn't think, but marketing tend to be like bosses in these areas. Like a lot of the developers have to bow down to fucking marketing teams. Um, and if you look at the budgets of games nowadays, it makes perfect sense because marketing is usually they spend more on that or as much on that as they do actually developing the fucking game. Um, and so you got to think though, how pissed is marketing? Because you're releasing all this stuff with. You know, this is coming out this day, and you know it, it's you know the release date's coming out, and then to 
to not like it, 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 you're costing a lot of money by do, waiting this long it seems to be um but yeah it probably is usually the leader being lied to like no we're on track no we're on track we'll make it we'll make it we'll make it. and it's like oh we're not gonna make it it's like well you're definitely not working on my next game after this <laughs> go ahead and finish uh and then just one final little piece uh not really a big deal to us uh but Forza Motorsport 7 is being removed from sale after only four years. And this is just a little puzzling because they're going to be leaving on the multiplayer. Uh, so I don't understand why they're going to just stop selling it. Um, they, If they're leaving on the multiplayer, it doesn't seem like it's costing that much more um, in uh, server fees right? with overcrowding. And then to also, like, if you have bought in a single piece of DLC for the game and you were playing on Game Pass, they'll send you a token to own the game. So if you want to keep playing it, I guess buy a piece of DLC if you've been on Game Pass or buy it. Uh, it's on sale for 10 bucks right now. It's also weird to say, oh, we're going to stop selling this game after only four years, but then we're going to put it on sale for 10 bucks. Grab it while you can. It's just kind of a puzzling move. Um, but yeah yeah i don't get it there's some sort of business strategy there maybe it's licensing on the cars usage or something in the game who knows i'm just speculating yeah i don't know either yeah just rambling at this point but anyways uh go ahead and throw out your uh stuff there ho (laughs) how do you know there was stuff for me to throw out (laughs) all right so every Every uh, Tuesday and Friday, uh, it's me and Justin's uh, Grounded Let's Play series. Um, that's been a lot of fun. We're still going through that. Uh, I get salty in one of the upcoming ones. So <laughs> look for that. Every every uh, Wednesday and Saturday is me and John's uh, Seven Days to Die Let's Play series. And I've got those um, Seven Days to Die clearing uh, points of interest episodes coming out like every day right now. So... Uh, a lot of stuff coming up on YouTube. Smash that like button. Whoa! Click on that subscribe button. Mm. And it's your boys, Nuclear Grenade, and that's a guarantee. <laughs> right.